It was like that on Good Friday. No, seriously, welcome, Grace family. Glad you're here. This is a a somber time, a time for us to think about and gather together around the wonder of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We're excited that we can do it, and at the same time humbled that we have a Savior who did this for us. So would you gather around? We'll have some readings of the, the actual word of Jesus as he goes to the cross. And we'll sing. I invite you to sing. The words will be there on the screen. I invite you to enter in and just spend this pretty short time devotionally thinking about the wonder of Jesus for us. I'd like to start us with prayer. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you that we get to do this. Oh, Lord, we consider afresh tonight the amazing wonder of your love for us that Jesus went to the cross for us. Thank you, Lord. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
we sit and we rest in this truth. That it didn't just end with you dying on the cross and us believing a lie. It continues, Lord, you rose from the dead. You made us alive together with you, Jesus. You buried our sin in the grave with you so we no longer walk ashamed, no longer walk with guilt. We walk in this grace and in this love and in freedom because Jesus, you won. You defeated sin and death. So we sing hallelujah because how can we not? We love you, Lord. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. really special to be here and to think tonight about the Lord. Jesus, what he did for you and for me. And I want to take a minute to introduce, before we read the story, to think about the love and the power. Well, really, just to consider for a minute the power. I know with my head, and you know with yours, I know you do, that God dwells in unimaginable power and honor and glory, and strength. He made everything that was and everything that is, and that's my head. But sometimes I have difficulty thinking, is God's power really for me? The power question isn't a question for tonight. Sunday's coming. The power of God for you and for me. Tonight is something different. Tonight is about the love of God for you and me. This is a bigger heart issue. Does God really love me? You know, love like the love I have for my kids when they're sleeping. Love like the love, that the biggest, broadest, deepest love that I have for my wife. If you really pin me down, I'm tempted always. If you ask me, does God love me? I'm tempted to say no. No. Why? Why do I think that? Well, I think that because my life does not look like a loved child to me. I have loss, injury, hardship, pain. I think if if my father just adored me, why does my life look like this? And so I feed back these loops of the different ways that my earthly father disciplined me. I'll still remember till I die. Sorry, Dad. The time, and it was my fault, that I didn't clean up the dishes very well. And the anger and disappointment, and, and I think... So it's not just my circumstances. It's also that if you pin me down on my darkest nights, I think I'm not worthy. I'm tempted to say no because I'm not worthy. Age has taken away my illusions of handsomeness and strength. Tears have fallen over my inability to control my anger, to be kind, to really love other people. In my high points, I say, well, maybe, maybe I'm worthy of the love of God. But in my darkest nights, in my real look at myself, I know the truth. The answer is no. 
Age shows the facade to cracks in my efforts and against my own actions, against my own difficulties, against my own experiences, we see tonight comes a word. It's a spoken word. It's the word of God. That word is the word you are hearing tonight. It proclaims you are loved. Me? Yes. Even me. Even you. And it's a picture of offense in the deepest way possible. Regardless of your own worth or your own actions, you are loved. Will you hear it? I want to start a new refrain tonight because for so many years we say, He is risen, and you respond, He is risen indeed. I want you to hear today, He died. And for you to respond, he died indeed, for he died for you. We hear it in the gospel in Romans of Paul right this night that we celebrate tonight. Look at it with me from Romans 5, verse 8. It says, but God, that's God the Father, demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see God's love? I mean, we dirty and unlovely and wrinkly and evil. We have love shown and revealed. How? Christ died for us. This is the word. Jesus, our Savior, died for us. The story of the good news is the story of God's love for you and me, not our love for him. Not an example for you and I to follow. His love for you in action. Oh, it's deep. Jesus, our Savior, lived perfectly, and with eyes open wide, he looks at you and looks at me, and he says, I love you. That's it. Through his death, we're reading the crucifixion account in John's gospel tonight, and it really begins all the way back in chapter 13. And chapter 13 says this, look, now before the feast of Passover, John writes, When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I just want you to see, Jesus knew. He wasn't an innocent, unaware of what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. What was he doing? Loving his own to the end. You know what that means, right? It means he did go to the cross for you. Sometimes we are tempted to think, well, Jesus went to the cross. It was all about God and something way out there. No, Jesus went to the cross for you. He loved you to the end. To get you to him. To save you forever. He suffered. Oh, 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 breathe it in. Beaten for you. Abandoned and alone for you. Accused wrongly without a response for you. Scourged, torn, bleeding for you. A cross of thorns. A crown of thorns. A cross of nails through his wrists and his ankles for you.
offensive? Of course, God hidden in weakness, willing to suffer for me and you. God the Father willing to give his son. Jesus willing to suffer and die. This is love and it happened and it's written down so you might hear it tonight. Jesus died. He died indeed. It's deeper than we know, right? It's, I want you to feel the suffering and the tragedy, but there are sufferings and tragedies all over this world that we live in. This is special. It's deeper. It's beneath even all the depth of what we see physically. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I'm bold tonight. He did it for you. Why do I say for you? So that you might become the righteousness of God. Whoa. The cost so high, but the statement so profound, so beyond what anyone would deem acceptable or seemly or right. Only God who enters into your world. And tonight, this night speaks to you of his love. His power's another day. Sunday's coming, but tonight, tonight to the cross. Feel it. Take it in. The love of God for you. This is it. He knows. Jesus knows. And he goes for you and for me. This is why we can say with such certainty with Paul. Where Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know why this is true? Because he died for you. Because the cross is true. And if you hear, if you see this Jesus, if you trust this story, That's true. All of your difficulties, all of your failures, all of your anxieties can be swallowed up in the assurance of knowing that God loves you. You didn't love him. You're not proving yourself worthy tonight. You're receiving the wonder that Jesus Christ died for you. It's worth hearing the story. So this is what we're going to do. Is We're going to have six readings tonight. And these are all going through chapter 18 and 19 of John. If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, please do. We have readers that are in different locations in the church, and they're separated by distance. We're very socially distant, but also by time. Didn't all happen today. And what I'd encourage you to do, beyond trying to tell where they are in the church, enter into the story, will you? Don't make it just another rote reading. Of, oh, yeah, 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 I know Jesus went to the cross. Listen. Hear what he did. Think he did this for me. See if you can hear hints of he did this knowing what he's doing because they're there. And above all, may you hear tonight the word. Jesus Christ died. He died indeed. And he speaks love to you at the cross. We'll go into our readings. My name is Nathan Barbo. We miss celebrating service here with all of you, but 
thankful that we can remember this time of Jesus going to the cross for us. Um, I'm going to read from John 18, verses 1 through 11. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers with some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Jesus, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you have given me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Hi, guys. I'm Robin Kinland, and I wish I was with you all tonight, but at least we can be together and read God's Word together. So hope you're all doing well, and um, I'm going to read from John 18, verses 12 to 27. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed.
Hello, my name is Brandon Dupenthaler, and I'll be reading from John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to him, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out to them again and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Yet you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Father. 
sinner's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. By your perfect sacrifice, by your perfect sacrifice. Hey everybody, my name is Kevin Carver. I am a fourth and fifth grade Sunday school teacher here at Grace Church. And I, I just wanted to say that I'm praying for all of you, your families, uh, the members of the church body here uh, during this very difficult time. Uh, we just uh, lift you all up in prayer. Today I'm going to be reading John 
chapter 19, verses 1 through 16. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and he said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, He who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover, It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Thank you. Good evening. I'm Jason Tapero. I'm going to be reading John chapter 19, verse 16 through 30. The crucifixion. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. 
So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of, sour wine, of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Hi, Grace family. I'm Steve Hazel, one of the elders here. I have the privilege of reading uh, this Good Friday passage for y'all. I'm sure missing all my brothers and sisters. And uh, this is a way we can stay connected and and, uh, celebrate what Jesus has done for us in his death and resurrection. I'll be reading from John chapter 19, verses 31 through 42. Since it was a day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. face 
special thing that we do. We come together, even separated by, by distance, and say our hope is right here in what Jesus Christ has done. Jesus died. He died indeed. So if you've forgotten elements, it's okay. Now's the time. Get up. Go find. Jesus used very common things, bread and wine in the time. Grab crackers, bread, anything, and water, juice, whatever you have. I'll take a moment. I'll serve our people here. 
and then we'll partake together receiving this death for us, Jesus Christ, his body and blood for us. So I'm going to go, you go too, and we'll gather together in just a second. Tonight, this is somber, not because we examine ourselves of whether we're worthy, but because we know we aren't, and yet we are loved. And so when we partake tonight, it's in a deep wonder that Jesus Christ suffered and died for you and me. I want to share with you from John's Gospel again, chapter 6. John says this, he says in verse 53, Truly, truly, I say to you, our Savior said when he was here on earth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the third day. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. It's offensive, you see, like the cross is offensive. That our only hope isn't in being like Jesus. It's not in becoming better people. It's in this right here. We receive the gift of the good news of Jesus for us. We look at it as offensive as it is. That we feed on his flesh that was beaten and scourged for us. Will you think on it for me? The Son of God came down and gave his body for you. Let's partake together. And more than his body, his blood. Life is in the blood. And our Savior came and shed his blood. He died for you. We were the ones shouting crucify. He was the one who loved us to the end. And so we think this is our relationship with God, our new covenant for the forgiveness of sins we take in, we receive. Would you do this with me? Let us receive the blood of Jesus. Lord, tonight this is what we have, that you died for us. 
beaten and scourged, bleeding and torn, suffering in our place. We're so grateful and so amazed that you love us. Lord, we know we pray to a living God. We look forward to, to rejoicing on Sunday, but tonight we just wonder that you did it for us. Thank you that you've proved you love us forever. Father, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, tonight we're going to end right here. So the TV can go off and you can have a, a quiet with your family or wherever you are, whether you're alone or not, to, to think on the wonder of Jesus Christ who died for you, went to the cross for you, loves you. Receive that, will you? And just tonight, as, as the darkness comes down tonight, think on our Savior, three nights in the grave, and then get ready for Sunday when we'll say he's risen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.